Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. I hope you're having a great week. I am, in case you did not know, and we're so excited uh, to be here, to have some more space. If you checked your kids in, raise your hand if you checked some kids in this morning. Oh, come on, they had some room back there. Holy cow. I, I walked through them like, how did we fit it, Alice? But they made it work, and they did it so, so well. But we're going to have a lot of fun this morning, and I'm really excited. We're, we're going to start a new series, and we're going to start it this week, and it's called Galatians, and that's a book in your Bible. And what we're going to do is we're just going to look at the book of Galatians and kind of just go through it. And there's, we're going to take a week, about, a, about a week per chapter, another 77 chapters. So what we're, no, 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 no. We are not going to do that. There's six chapters. So here's what I would encourage you to do is open up your Bible uh, right now to Galatians chapter one. If you've got it on your phone, if you prefer paper, go ahead and open that up. Or, and you're like, man, I'm not in the habit of bringing it. Maybe start to bring this. But as we go through this, we're just going to read through and, and really just see what God's word has to say. And the crazy thing is, is it may have been written thousands of years ago, but it's almost like God knew what he was doing. It still applies today. And you look and you're like, oh, yeah, this is some of the stuff that we're going through. The stuff that the church was going through then is some of the same stuff that the church is going through now. So we're going to have some fun and we're going to go through this. So we're going to start right with Galatians 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Here we go. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. He says this, he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present age. Now, most of us, would, when we read that, we hear something different. We hear we hear him say, who gave himself for our sins so that we could go to heaven. That's, that, that's what we think. But he says this, who rescues us from the evil of this present age. And understand this, Jesus did not come back so you could just go to heaven. He did, but that's not just it. That's, that, that, that's not it. If that's all that you look at, Christianity as is like, okay, great, like I want to go to heaven, so I love Jesus. There, done. Like, no, you're, you're missing out. You're missing out. John 10, 10. The Bible says the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. He says, I came to give you life right now. That's, that's why I'm here. And Paul's like, okay, this is what's happening, and this is what needs to be happening. And you're going to hear me say Paul, because Paul is the author of Galatians. And when I say author, I mean he's the one that wrote it down. But all Scripture, the Bible says, and I believe with all of my heart, that the Holy Spirit told them what to say, so the true author is God. That God authored the Holy Spirit. That's why you're not going to find errors in it. That's why it doesn't contradict itself. It's, it's all in there. But Paul is the one that wrote it down as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so that this letter, it was written by Paul, authored by the Holy Spirit, written to the Galatians, to the churches, and also to you and I today. And he's saying, look at this. Jesus came not just for heaven. If you say that that's why Jesus came, hey, I get to go to heaven, that's great, you're missing it. That's like, that's like calling a house a roof. 
It is, but is it a little bit more than that? Definitely, definitely. Like, if I just said, yeah, I'm married and, you know, it's, it's, it's great, she, she warms the bed at night. There's a little bit more to it than that. Okay, there's a lot more to it than that. But if, if that's how we see what Jesus did, we are going to miss out on why he came. He came to save us from the evil of this present age. He came and he wants us to know to live differently now. Yes, we get to go to heaven and realize that the way we live now is going to change the way we live in heaven. He came so that we could do that. Luke 4 verse 8 says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. This is Jesus. He's reading this. He's saying this. And he says this, he sent them to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to recover the sight of the blind, to release the oppressed. He goes on and on talking about things today. He's like, I've got good news for the poor. I've got good news for the oppressed. He said, I came for today, not just, not just heaven. He says, I came for today. I think that's why some of the most miserable people that you will ever meet are Christians that are really just waiting to die. They, they believe Jesus can save them, but they haven't changed the way they're living. And they are miserable. They are miserable because they haven't let God into his heart. They know better. God's wanting to work on them and they're not surrendering and they are miserable. All right, verse four, as we keep going, according to the will of God our Father, to whom, we, whom be glory forever and ever, amen. Verse six, he says, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Uh, if you have your Bible, I want to underline grace. This is going to be all over the place. We're going to see this. This is a theme that's going to run all through this. And he says, they're turning you to a different gospel. Verse seven, which is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people were throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And I love the way he puts this. He says, there's, there's what I preach to you, and then there's what they're preaching to you. And he's like, mm, it's no gospel at all. Because here's the deal. It's, it's God's word or it's nothing. We don't get to pick and choose and be like, yeah, I really like the love part. That's, that's awesome. I'll, I'll just take the love part. But I really don't like the holiness. Like, I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to do that. There's, there's, I'm just going to kind of pick and choose. Ooh, forgiveness? I don't know about that one. I want to be forgiven, but forgive them. Do you know what they did to me? Mm-mm. No, no, no. He's like, look, there's not another gospel. There, there, there's just one. There's one gospel. We don't pick and choose. We don't go through it and are like, well, I like this. I don't. We say, God, I surrender my life to you. And when something doesn't line up, we're like, okay, God, I'll change it. What you say is better. It's better, God. I want to do it your way. I want to do it, so that's what I'm going to do. It's like if I lay down in sand, when I get up, I might be a little bit dirty, but the sand is going to look like me, isn't it? You're like, oh, there, there's where he was. He's got a big butt. There's a little print right there. Like, there it is. Like, th there it was. And we, we, we can see that. And that's what a lot of people want to do with God. They want to just be like, okay, God, fit me. 
They kind of wiggle a little bit like, nah, I don't, I don't really like this and I don't really want to submit and, you know, love my wife and lay down my life for her. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I'm, I'm not sure I can honor my parents. Oh, man, you, gotta, you don't know my parents. And oh, my goodness. No, I, I, I can't. Do and so we, we want to change it. We want to just lay down in that sand. Second Timothy says it like this. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. To suit their own desires, they'll gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Well, I want to hear this. I want that to be true, so I want to do that. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. That's sand. Yet Jesus says this. He says, the man who builds his life on the words that I'm saying, he says, that is the man who builds his life on the rock. Not sand, on the rock. You ever lay down on a rock? Anybody? Now, we go to the beach here, and we've got sand. Like, I love it. Beach is great. We have beaches. It's wonderful. We've got the nice beaches. I went to college in Oklahoma, and I remember I, I, I moved down there, and, and I get invited to the beach. And I'm like, yeah. So, so we go to the beach, and we go out to Lake Keystone, and we get there, and they're like, we're here. And I'm like, no, we're not. Like, I see water. I see rocks. Where's the beach? And they're like, no, this is the beach. And I'm like, no, it's not. Where's the sand? They're like, no, no, we don't have that here. I'm like, I'm from Michigan. Like, I know a beach. This isn't a beach. And they did. They had these big, just, just rocks. And so what do we do? You take your towel and you lay it on a big rock, and that's where you, you lay. You want to know what happens when you lay down on a rock? nothing to the rock. You get back up and you're like, mm, you got little marks on your back where it changes you. You don't want to conform to it, but it doesn't care. The rock doesn't move. And that's what God's word is meant to be. It's meant to chisel away the things off of us. And if I trust that God really does have my best interest at heart, that he loves me perfectly, that he has made me, that he knows me. He knows my inner being. He knows what I need more than I need it. Then I trust him to do those things. And even when it hurts, I'm like, I know this is what I need. And sometimes it does hurt. Years ago, Avery was driving a little dirt bike in the backyard and, and it had training wheels on it and, and, and she had her helmet on so she's being super safe and she's out there. Well, she tips the thing. And she puts her arm out because you got to catch yourself. Well, I'm convinced it's the helmet that actually did it. But she, she falls, she puts her hand down, and her helmet lands on her arm, and she breaks her arm. And, and she's just this, this little thing, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. So we go in, and it's like, like she comes up, and you can see it back. You're like, oh, that's, that's not good. Like, okay, we know, we know what's going on here. So... So Jason and I, we, we take her to the emergency room and we go in and they look at her bones and they're like, well, they're so soft. They're like, it's what we call a green break where it didn't just snap. But they're like, as you can see, like the arm's like, it's, 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 it's bending. They're like, we need to bend it back. And I'm like, okay, how do we do that? And they're like, well, we have a video x-ray. So it doesn't just like take an x-ray. It is an x-ray. We want to put her arm in it, and then the doctor's going to come in and bend it back. <laughs> so I'm sitting there 
And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. And, and I'm like, okay, I, I can see this needs to happen. And Avery's looking at me and she's like, I just want to leave it. And I'm like, <laughs> we're not, this is Captain Hook on another level. Like, we're, you don't really want to leave it this way. She's like, yes, I do. I'm like, no, we're, we're going to let him do this. So we sit there and we wait and the doctor comes in and Oh, I, I, can, I can remember so clearly. He comes in and he's looking on this and I'm watching as a grown man takes his hand, he's got his thumbs on her arm and it was, it was her forearm right here and begins to push on it. And she's like, she just screams and he's doing this and she yanks her arm right out of his hands. And she's looking at me, she's like, Dad, I don't want to do this. And I'm sitting there, and my heart's just like, I could cry for her. Water my beard, I mean. And you know, and I'm just like, what is this? And I'm hurt, and I'm like, I know it's going to hurt, but you need to do this. It will be better if you do this. It will straighten back out. And she's like, okay. But man, did she scream. Oh, she screamed bloody murder. And I'm sitting in there just watching that doctor like, oh, I can't believe I'm letting him do this. And let me just say, it's, it's, it can be the same with God's word. We're times where we look at it and we're like, I don't want to change this. If I change this in my life, what's it going to do? This is, this is going to hurt. I can't just forgive them. I can't walk away from this. What about this? I, I don't know about this, but that's what God's word is meant to do. Is this meant to remove the things that we don't just chisel it out and change it, wiggle in and move things and decide, well, I want to keep this, I don't want to keep that. God says, no, my way is better. And there's only one place he'll fit in your life. You can try to put God anywhere you want, but there's only one place he fits in your life, and that's number one. He doesn't fit number two, it's only number one. You can try, but God doesn't fit. He says, I want to be number one in your life, not one and a half, not one point, anything, but number one. We make him the Lord of our life, which means we submit and we say, God, if your word says it, that's what I'm going to do. I'll do it. And there's times where it's painful, where we're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. And, and God's like, no, trust me. Watch what happens when you surrender your heart to me. When you serve your wife, you lay down your life for her. You watch what happens. Watch what happens when you submit to your husband and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll let you be the head. This isn't easy, but I'm going to let you do this. I'm going to let you do this. And you're like, God, what's going to happen? This might hurt. What if she, what if he? And God's like, watch what happens when you do it my way. When you say, okay, I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to say it's okay what they did to me, but I'm going to choose to forgive them the way that Christ forgave me. And no matter how horrible, how bad it is, you just say, okay, I forgive. And you watch what God begins to do inside you. Because remember this, poison, that's what unforgiveness is. Unforgiveness is poison, but we drink it and expect the other person to fall over dead. It doesn't work. But when we do it God's way, this is what it is meant to be. God's word is meant to be our gauge. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's the rock that we go to, that we say, okay, what is it that needs to change in my life? I'm wondering about this. I don't know how to handle this. What is it that I'm supposed to do? 
We go to God's word. We go to God's word. Verse 8, Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. But even if we, I love how emphatic he is about this. He says, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one that is preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. He's like, doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter if it's an angel, doesn't matter what it is, as we have already said, so now I say it again, if anybody preaches another gospel other than what you accepted, let him be con eternally condemned. He's like, we don't follow people. He says, I don't care who it is, we follow Christ. We hold it up. We hear teaching. We have people that we enjoy hearing. We're like, you know, I love listening to this guy. I connect with him. This girl, she does such a great job. You know, I, I connect to it. But here's what we don't do. We don't just swallow it, line and sinker, and be like, well, that's what they said, so this is what it is. He's like, it doesn't matter who says it. If it's an angel, whoever, it needs to line up with God's word. We don't follow people. We follow Christ. Paul says, follow my example as I follow Christ. But that's what we're doing is we're following Christ. We follow him, not something else, not something that looks good, not something that's shiny, not the newest. But we follow Christ. Now, God uses people, and yeah, there's people that we connect with more, but at the same time, we're like, wait a second. I'm not just going to listen to everything that they say just because they were right yesterday. Be like, okay, what is this? Jesus is talking to Peter. He says, Peter, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are God's son. Jesus looks at Peter and says, blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, the spirit, has revealed this to you. A couple minutes later, Jesus is like, okay, everybody, I'm going to go on the cross and I'm going to die, just so you all know. Peter pulls Jesus aside and begins to rebuke Jesus. Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan, for you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Peter gets it right one minute, and Jesus is like, my heavenly father revealed that to you. You've got it. And the next minute, he's like, get behind me, Satan. You got it totally wrong. We need to know God's word. And that's what we hold it up to. We hold it up to God's word and be like, I know this person said this. They've been right before, but guess what? On this one, they're wrong. When I, when I went to Bible college, it was really the first time that I was like, I get to kind of pick a church. My dad was a pastor. I, he didn't really give me a choice. He's like, you're coming here. I was like, okay. So I moved off to college and I'm like, oh, I, get to, I gotta find a church now. This is different. I've never really church shopped or like been looking around. So you know, I, I went to this church over here and I was like, okay, this is great and tried to get involved and this didn't work. And then I was over here. And I remember I'd been there a few, a, a few Sundays and I still hadn't really settled on a church yet. And my dad's like, where are you going to church? And I'm like, well, I I kind of don't know. And he's like, you're never going to find a perfect one, find a good one. And I'm like, what? He's like, you'll never find a perfect one. He's like, there, 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 there's not a perfect church. He's like, just find a good one. And I was like, well, this is the one I want to go to. And I said, and I love it. I said, but they won't let me get involved until I've been there for six months. And I don't, I, I, I need to be involved. And he's like, what church is it? And I said, is church on the move down here? He goes, I know Willie, he'll call you tomorrow. We'll take care of this. And I'm like, oh. Sounds good. Well, Pastor Willie didn't charge, but call me, but somebody else did. And they're like, wait, we'd love to have you get in here. And I went there. And I went there the entire time I was down in Bible college. I absolutely loved it. And then I followed everything that they did for the next like 15 years. I absolutely loved it. Wasn't a perfect church, but it was a good one. 
There was things that they didn't get right, but it was a good one. But I know how to read the word, and I can look and be like, wait a second. I'm not quite sure about this. Does that really line up with the word of God? And we have the Holy Spirit. We get those checks inside us. And we're like, well, what is that? And where do we go? Do we say, well, that sounds good to me? So yeah, that feels good. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't have to lay on that. You mean, oh, really? I, I don't have to forgive people? Oh, well, that, that feels great. Or do we go to God's word and say, no, the Bible says if we don't forgive the way our heavenly father forgives us, God will not forgive us. If I choose to hold it again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. So yeah, I'm going to honor my parents. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to choose to do these things. Because we have the Holy Spirit. We don't follow people. We follow God's word. We follow God's word. Verse 10 says this. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. We talked a bit about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today. But it's the thing, and, and for many of us, this, this goes against the grain of our thinking. Our thinking being, if we're doing it God's way, won't it work? If we do it God's way, won't everybody like us? And the truth is, no. He's like, if I'm trying to please man, I'm not trying to please God. And here's what he's saying. He's like, we live, we perform for an audience of one, and it's God. It's God. We're not trying to please everybody. And, and if everybody else is pleased as a result, okay. But guess what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. In fact, the Bible says, woe to you. Like kind of a watch out if everybody around you, if everybody thinks you're great and you're just fitting in, the Bible says watch out. Watch out. Because when we do things God's way, guess what? People don't like hearing that they're wrong. Anybody love like, hey, first thing in the morning, I just love knowing I'm wrong. Somebody just, just, just call me right away about 6.30, say, hey, by the way, you're wrong. Like you just love waking up, that's, that's just your favorite. No. It's not fun. It's not fun to realize you're wrong. None of us really like that. But here's what he says, and here's what he's talking about. He says, we're not trying to win the approval of man. We're trying to win the approval of God. We're serving God. Yeah, we're going to serve people, but guess what? That doesn't mean they're going to love us. It doesn't mean they're going to love everything about us. Matthew eleven eighteen 18 says this talking about John the Baptist who came before Jesus and Jesus coming. He says, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He has a demon. Then the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, He is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's like, they want it both ways. And let me just say, when we're trying to please God, sometimes we assume, well, God, okay, if I, if, now that I'm doing this right, now that I'm walking in love towards those around me, now that I really, I, I'm changing the way that I'm living, won't, why is it still so hard? Why, do I, why, why am I still fighting with that family member? Why, why is this? And God's like, yeah, it doesn't always mean roses. People, in fact, he says, people are going to persecute you because of me. They're going to persecute you because of me. But we perform for an audience of one. It's God, how, I want to please you. 
I want to please you in my life. What can I do? Because there's only one place that he fits, and that's number one. That's number one. Verse 11, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that was man-made. He says that it was made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, this is something that's unique to Paul. Nowhere else do we see this in Scripture. But Paul went away. We don't know exactly where or exactly what happened, but God, Jesus, appeared to Paul to teach him what he was going to teach. Verse 13, and he says this, For you have heard my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Now, I love, I love this. So here's what we have. Paul says, my previous way of life. Some of you know what that previous way of life was. Paul went by a totally different name, by the name of Saul, and he went around killing Christians. He went around, gathered them up, and they would be thrown in jail, tortured, killed, some released, some not, some fed to animals. That's what Paul did before Jesus came and stopped him. He was on his way to do that exact same thing, the Bible says, and God stopped him with a light, a light shone down, stopped him, he falls on the ground, says, who are you, Lord? I think there's so much just in that one phrase. Because here's what we, here's what we saw in him. He was trying to serve God. He was getting it completely wrong. He was trying to serve God. Bright light, voice from heaven comes down. He falls down, he's like, okay, who are you, Lord? The voice answers and says, I am God, the one you're persecuting. And he does a complete 180. He gives his life to God right then and there and says, okay. He, gets, he goes into the city. He's blind. Man comes and prays for him so that he can receive his sight. And then God decides to use him in an amazing, amazing way. But here's the thing I love about this. So you have somebody who just says, you've heard about my previous way of life. I used to be a murderer. I'm not today. Not just a murderer, but I murdered the very people that now I'm converting people to Christianity. That was me. How do I refer to it as my previous way of life? He has an amazing grasp of this, that he's just like, that's who I was, but I'm not anymore. And there's something... There's something in that I think for every single one of us. You might not have murdered anybody, but we've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. We all have the things that we look back at and we wish weren't there, the thought patterns that we'd love to go away, the things that we're like, I don't need that, I don't want that in my life. And Paul says this, my former life. You've heard, you may have heard about my former life in Judaism. He's like, it was my former life. He lets go of it. In Philippians 3.13, says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize of which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's like, there's mistakes been made. He says, but here's what I do. He says, I'm forgetting the past. I know who God's made me. I'm forgiven I'm set free, I'm justified because of what Jesus did, not because of what I've done. 
but Jesus did it. He did it all. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's not Jesus and. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And he's like, look, Paul's like, he, he holds on to this so well. You know what he didn't do? He didn't go on Dr. Phil and be like, I need to dig up everything I've ever done wrong and kind of figure this out. He didn't do that. He didn't say, I'd love to apologize to these people, but they're already dead. So now what do I do? He let go of it. He let go of it, and God used him in amazing ways. That God used him. He wasn't perfect. He was the opposite of perfect. He was working in his own strength, doing his own thing, trying to do it, and making God, okay, yep, I'll just do this. I'll follow these rules, and I'll do this. And, and anybody who doesn't follow these rules, and he was crazy. He was jealous. He was, uh, he was crazy what he did. As we look at it now, we look at it and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then he has an encounter with God. He says, God, I'm yours. God changes his name and says, from now on, you're going to be called Paul, and I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. And God redirects him, and he says, you may have heard of my former life. How does he do that? How does he look at his past? The stuff that he's been in, say, well, that's my former life. He says, I forget the past, and I'm moving on. I'm moving forward. John 8, 31 says it like this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You don't have to sit there and try to unpack every wound and hurt Remember every bad thing that happened and who said what and run back through it. You can say, God, I need your truth. I need to know who you say I am. And, and it's the truth that sets us free. We let go of the past and say, God, I'm going to hold on to who you say I am. I want what you have for me. Paul's an amazing picture of this of somebody who does a complete 180 and God doesn't bring him and say, well, you're second class because look at what you did. But God says, you're a go-getter. You tried in your own strength. Now watch when you try with me. Let's do this together. And Paul submits says, okay. Because here's what Paul knew. It wasn't what he did. What he did was so bad, but here's the thing. There's no good that can outdo it. So Jesus came and he took care of it. He took care of all of it. Not part of it, not 99% of it, then that 1% you've got to figure out on your own. Sorry. He did it all. All of it. But here's what the devil loves to do. He loves to be, well, remember that thing that you did? Here's why God doesn't want to use you. Remember that thing that you did? You want to know why God doesn't love you? You want to know why that prayer wasn't answered? You want to know why you're having this trouble? It's that thing. It's that thought. It's that stuff that you didn't do. It's that thing that you should have done that you knew you didn't do, but you didn't do. That, that's the thing. That's what it is. The Bible says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That we let go of it. I'm not going to sit here and unpack everything that I've ever done wrong. No, God, you know it. You know the things, you know, you know the intention of my heart where I was right and wrong. So God, I give it all to you. And today I stand redeemed, justified, made just as if I'd never done it. Because of what Jesus did. That's what he did. It's by his grace, not, not works, not figuring it all out, not doing it right. You can never give enough, do enough, be enough. So Jesus came and did it all. Paul's like, it's my former life. 
That's not what I am anymore. Let me just say, you may have messed up. But God's like, hey, I forgive. I forgive. He says, ask and you will receive. Forgiveness is there if we ask. He says, how far does he remove our sin from us? As far as the east is from the west. He doesn't hold it over our heads and be like, yeah, but remember that. Remember that sin that you just, that, that thing you've been trying to get away from? Remember you're still, mm, I don't know about that one. I'm not going to answer that prayer. That, that close relationship you want with me, I'm not going to have it with you until you deal with that. No, God's like, let go of it. Jesus already dealt with it. He's like, Jesus already dealt with it. He's like, watch what I can do. Paul's an amazing picture of letting go and be like, God, I'm yours 100% because there's only one place he wants in your life and that's first. So my prayer today is that you hold on to that like never before. You say, God, I realize I'm forgiven. The things that the devil tells me I'm not good enough, I know I'm not, but God, you are. That you realize who he's made you to be and you follow his promptings as he guides you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Here's what I'd like to do before we leave this morning. I want to make sure that every single person, you know where you stand with God. Maybe you're here and you don't know. You say, I'd love to know. I'd love to know that I'm forgiven. I'd love to be set free. I'd love to forget some of that past and to move on. Let me just say, there's a peace that passes all understanding and it comes through the knowledge of God. So if you're here this morning, Maybe you're online. You say, you know what? I want to know where I stand with God. I want to be forgiven, set free. I want to begin to walk out a relationship with him. Then today is your day. This is you coming to him first. You're saying, today I'm coming back. But I want to ask him to forgive me. I want to be set free. I want to walk out a relationship with him. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you right where you are. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you just lift your hand high. Say, that's me. Today is my day and I'm coming back. Today is my day. I'm giving my life to him. Lift it up high. One, two, three. Lift it up high. Say, that's me. Awesome. All right. Here's what I want to do. Go ahead and put your hands down. Whether you're, whether you're in this room or you're online right now. Right now, let's just pray together. Out loud, everybody just repeat after me. Let's pray this. And those of you that lifted your hands, as you say these words, say them from your heart. Make them your own. And let's pray together. Say, oh God, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm going to live for you. With all of my heart, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.